welcome to our podcast running the clock this time we're on the play clock episode one we're going to talk about the nfl this time and we're going to kick it off with an afc preview we will get to the nfc next week or maybe the week after that but we wanted to get started on the afc since that's the stronger conference griffy how are you doing today i'm doing good man how are you doing i'm doing great i'm excited to talk about the nfl it Seems like uh, that offseason was really quick and honestly kind of lost in the scramble of the summer, but I'm really excited to get back into it. Doing research for this pod really brought back a lot of memories of transactions and things that happened over the offseason. Yeah, there's nothing like NFL season. And I will say, going back and looking at the lineups, that they had a lot of transactions that I needed a refresher on. So it was good. We went back and looked at it before we started the pod. Thank you guys for joining. Um, We're super excited about this episode of play clock and we've got some fun segments. We're going to work into this week that we're excited about. So Tom, kick us off. Yeah, we're super excited. Follow us on the social medias. We're just running the clock everywhere. There's no G in running. So We appreciate you, and let's get started. We're going to start with the AFC North, a really fun division that probably has the best top-to-bottom balance, and the fact that all four teams have a real shot at finishing above 500, although that basically never happens because divisions beat each other up, but some good teams. So the Bengals are listed by FanDuel Sports at 11.5 wins. So that would put them, mm-hmm. if you want to go under, it would have to be 10 and 7 or over 12 and 5. What are you thinking on that one? You know, this is a team that's got a really good shot. Um, their defense makes me hesitate a little bit. Um, you lose a guy like Eli Apple, um, who's a centerpiece that a lot of those guys revolved around on that defensive side of the ball. Um, I think they're going to have to find a new leader. Um, aside from that, they've got every offensive asset that you can imagine. So I think they're in a good spot. It looks like they've got a few tough games throughout the year, um, to pinpoint a few, um, let's see, we've got Tennessee who I think will end up being a team that'll have a decent amount of wins and will make the playoffs. Um, Seattle's a team that could compete as well. They've got them on October 15th. Buffalo, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Minnesota, Kansas City. These are just some games that I think will make or break their season, um, depending on which side they come out on. Yeah, so just for clarity, do you think they go over 11.5 or under? I'm going to go over. I really do. I think Joe's going to come back healthy. He did have that minor injury that he was dealing with. Once he comes back, and if he comes back healthy, I think I think this team's going to go over. Okay, great points. I am actually going to go under. I think they're an 11-6 and six team. 12-5, and five, very possible, especially with the – I think they have easily the best receiving core in the NFL. So very possible that they go over, but I'm going to go slight under just because that offensive line didn't get fixed, and that's really been their biggest issue, which has led to all these Joe Burrow injuries because that dude was never hurt in his life before he hit the NFL, and he just gets sacked time and time again. So really, I think it comes down to the offensive line not being trustworthy, run games off and on, receivers fantastic, defense solid, not amazing. And their special teams is actually really good, but I'm going to have them at 11 and six. So I'm taking their under here, but let's jump to the Ravens. Who is actually my favorite bet here. If you're a betting person, they're at 10 and a half. And I'll just let you know, I think they smash the over here. Really? Okay. Tell me why you think that they smash the over. Cause I've got some conflicting differences with this lineup. Okay, that's fair. I think, A, Lamar Jackson finally got his deal. He's going to be happy this year. Last year, he was clearly not happy, didn't even want to play at the end of the season. He was hurt, but he could have came back and played if he wanted to. He really wanted that contract. He got it. You got J.K. Dobbins at running back, who's great running back. You got Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, and then 
second best tight end in the game right now, probably Mark Andrews. And that defense is stacked with players like Marlon Humphrey, uh, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. They just have everything it takes to win in the regular season. Postseason might be a different story. Running quarterbacks don't really translate super well to the playoffs, but I think Lamar Jackson's going to be like a 200 passing yards, 80 rushing yards almost every game. And that defense is going to be enough to win them games. Yeah, I I like where you're coming from. The only reason I'm going to separate and go with the under here is Lamar's injury struggles for one. And their running core and kind of their receiving core as well. I see J.K. Dobbins. It doesn't really intimidate me. You see Gus Edwards right behind him in the backfield. Neither of them can really stay healthy. Um, They have here on their depth chart, they have Rashad Bateman listed as their wide receiver one. I think by the end of the year, we see Zay Flowers in that position. And aside from Mark Andrews, who's obviously going to get a portion of the ball share. I'm interested to see how OBJ will adapt to that type of style of an offense as well. So for that, I'm going to take the under. Yeah. For a guy who wants the ball a lot, like Odell Beckham, he might, hopefully he won't, hopefully his attitude has changed, but he might get a little frustrated when he thinks he's open and Lamar takes off running or options out of it or dumps it down to Mark Andrews. So I think with what Odell Beckham's been through in terms of injuries, bouncing around teams, his attitude will be better but only time's going to tell us that Mm -hmm. he could come out a different beast or the same beast. That's just going to be the story of this team. And if he can result to his old self, I think they're in good hands, but this is an offense that struggled in the receiving position for years now because of that exact reason. Yeah. And I've never been the biggest Lamar Jackson guy, but in terms of just, offensive production in the regular season that dude's almost a one-man army i mean he's got multiple hundred yard rushing games he's thrown for 400 yards in a couple games he can do it all and i just think that's really gonna carry that offense and he's never had good receivers so you could argue this is the best receiving core he's had even though it's not that good yeah, I, I completely agree with that statement actually he just doesn't really get a lot of receiving options i don't know if it's because these free agents know that or they take that into account. But I mean, OBJ was kind of looking for a place to go. They took a chance on him. I think it's going to determine whether they go over or under on that. Yeah. So based on what I'm hearing here, you and I are going to have some disagreements when we get to the (laughs) end and talk about our playoff teams. I'm excited now. It's getting deep. So let's go to the Browns. So we're doing these in terms of their total win predictions. So the Browns are third here, the Steelers fourth. So we'll move into the Browns at nine and a half games. And I'm again going to go over. I think they're a 10 and seven team. Deshaun Watson really struggled at the end of last year when he came back. And I know what he did was horrible. I'm only going to talk about football things here. There could be another time and place to talk about what he did off the field, but on the field, he's proven to be a very good quarterback. He had no practices with this team before he was back from suspension. So I think with an off season to work with the guys, they've got a pretty good defense. They've got a good receiving core, great running back in Nick Chubb. And I just think that's enough to get to 10 wins. Their schedule isn't that scary. It's pretty good, but it's not that scary. And you only have to get to 10 and seven to go to the over. So I'm going to take the over here. Well, we've proven that we can agree on some things, which is good. Um, I'm going to go with the over as well. Okay. I like what you said about Deshaun. We're going to leave that to the reporters. That's not any of our business. We're here to talk sports Um, on the ball, not off the field. So. Deshaun Watson has proven in his career. He's the guy who can steer the steer the wheel a little bit. He's the one who can man the ship. And this is an offense. I think that can revolve around that. Um, I really think this receiving core is actually very underrated in this conference. You go from Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples Jones, who had some standout performances last year. 
Um, David Njoku as well stepped into a huge role for them offensively. Um, Miles Garrett's going to always be in contention on the other side of the ball. Sedarius Smith is also going to help on that side. Um, I think this is a team that's looking good right now with what they've been dealt. And I think this is a team that can go over nine. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Miles Garrett, if I had to pick a defensive player of the year, which maybe we'll do awards predictions in a future podcast, he'd be my pick for defensive player of the year. That dude's a monster, and I think he's ready to explode even more than he already has. Yeah, he continues to prove himself more and more every year, um, including hitting uh, Mason Rudolph in the head with his helmet. (laughs) But um, I think Miles Garrett is one of those guys who can really turn on the Jets and really explode on the defensive player of the year platform and really go in and win that. Yeah. And I think, as you said, underrated receiving core, I like Elijah Moore a lot. Didn't get a ton of chances before, but I think this year he can slide in at either the two or the three, depending on how you view uh, people's Jones and Marquise Goodwin. But I think that's a great addition for them. And I just believe that they're solid on both sides of the ball. The special teams is their biggest question but I don't think that's going to sway me from them hitting 10 wins. No, I completely agree. And just because their special teams isn't the greatest doesn't mean they're going to shy away from a few wins because of that. Um, it might it might vary a game or two, but for them to go, you said nine and a half, I think they go over there. Okay, so let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, perhaps the most, yeah, I think you could say the Baltimore Ravens are the most popular team in this division, but the Steelers, in terms of history, they're definitely up there with them. Uh, so they are listed at eight and a half, which I would love that if the rest of the division wasn't so good. They're going to have to play the Bengals twice, Ravens twice, and Browns twice. And you heard that we're both high on all three of those teams, even if you did pick the under on the Ravens, we're still high on them as a team. And I just feel like that leaves not enough wins on the table for the Steelers. I think they're probably a seven and 10, six and 11 team. And Kenny Pickett hasn't proven anything at the NFL level. He had a couple flashes last year, but not really the wide receiver core. I really like Deontay Johnson. That dude is a stud. George Pickens is good. After that, there's just not much there. The tight end is Pat Firemuth. The defense is always solid. Mike Tomlin-led teams are always going to have a good defense. TJ Watt's a beast if he's healthy. So I, I like their team. I just I can't see it this year. I think they're two years away, and that probably puts them in the six or seven win range. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on the second time um, for today so far. This is an offense that I think has the potential to be great. They have the defensive um, positioning with TJ Watt that'll allow them to have some depth on the other side of the ball as well. I think they're a year away. I opened week one with San Francisco. You got Cleveland, Las Vegas, and Houston. They have a decent schedule the first half. The middle is rough. And then the back end's dead. So... They're playing a lot of young teams like Houston, who's got CJ Stroud, who's going to figure out how to steer the wheel. Um, You got a team like the Colts with Anthony Richardson, who's going to try and find themselves as well. I think they have good assets. I just don't think they have what it takes to get it done in this division. Yeah, this year. Yeah, there's not a ton to talk about with the Steelers. They're basically the exact same team they ran out there last year. Uh, They did add some defense in the draft and in free agency that I think will help. But again, just not enough, especially in the division. Like we've been saying, tough schedule. It's going to lead to a lot more losses than people think just looking at their roster, which is why you do have to look at the rest of the division and the schedule to do these over-under predictions. Yeah, I agree. I want to actually shout out Najee Harris. And um, I didn't realize this. Allen Robinson, the second, has also been added to their wide receiver core. Um, still nearly the same team they had last year on the offenses on on the offensive side of the ball. But I think he could have 
add some depth. I just don't think they're going to do it. Yeah, exactly. So that wraps it up for the over-under portion of the AFC North. I believe you had some questions you wanted to throw my way. I did. So what I'm going to do, I thought it'd be a fun idea to throw some start one, bench one, cut ones for each position. Um, And I'm going to have Tom give me who he would start bench and cut from this division. Starting off with the quarterbacks. I know you're high on Lamar breakout this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's been MVP. I don't know about breakout, but. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I guess post-contract breakout. Yes. Do you have Lamar or Burrow? As my number one in this division? Yes. I still have Burrow because I think if you gave him the Ravens offensive line, he'd be way better than he's shown in Cincinnati, and he's been unbelievable in Cincinnati, like so good. And I know there was a – podcast he did where he said he wasn't afraid to take sacks he thought it was maybe good for the team because he's not throwing an interception or whatever but he actually changed his mind last year and started getting rid of the ball really quick uh, learning to play with a bad offensive line I think he made strides last year that Lamar Jackson great Joe Burrow just I think he's one of the three best quarterbacks in the whole NFL and I probably have Lamar more in the six to seven range honestly yeah, I agree. And it just kills me to see the type of this player that he is not have the assets on the front line to help him get some time because if they did, they would be having success for a lot of years. Oh, yeah. Um. All right. For the running back, start one, bench one, cut one, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon. Okay, so you said Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, and Joe Mixon? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I'm going to comfortably go with Nick Chubb at number one. I think he's just a workhorse. That dude, you can give the ball 20 ge- times a game if you need to. I'll take Najee Harris for the versatility as my bench. And then, sadly, I'm going to have to cut Joe Mixon, who at times is really good. I just don't trust his health. And I think he's already started slowing down a little bit, to be honest. And even at his peak, I'm not sure that he was at the level that Nick Chubb and Najee Harris are. I actually like that you went that route because if you remember last year, um, they gave a lot of the workload to Perrine. Yeah. Uh, especially Smudging on the P. goal Ryan, line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. P Ryan, excuse me. No, you're good. Um, he has taken kind of more of the goal line workload, which is taken away from Joe Mixon. And I really do think Najee's set to have a great year for this offense. It's just a matter of how much he gets the ball on this side of the ball. I want to see. This one's going to be close, I think. Okay. I'm going to throw this in there just because I know you're high on him as well. He's not technically in this position class, but he could be up there. Jamar Chase, Amari Cooper, Mark Andrews. Okay, so Jamar Chase, Amari Cooper, Mark Andrews. Obviously, Mm -hmm. like super obviously, I'm going to start Jamar Chase. I think he's the second best receiver in the NFL right now. And he has, well, I don't think anyone's passing Justin Jefferson, but I think he's solidly number two in the NFL. And then I, man, this sounds crazy, but I think I'm going to take Mark Andrews. I've never seen a quarterback trust someone more than Lamar Jackson trusts Mark Andrews. Anytime the play is blowing up, dump off to Mark Andrews, 15 yard out to Mark Andrews. Heck, they've even just done a little shovel pass on first and 10 because they know Mark Andrews is going to get them yards. And then, sadly, I'll have to cut Amari Cooper, who I think is fantastic, but I don't think he's in the same class as the other two. I agree. You just you are going to obviously give number one to Jay Jettis. He's earned that, and nobody's going to be taking it away unless they do it on their own. Um, it's his to lose, and he's not going to just give it up to anybody. Jamar Chase is close behind him. 
Mark Andrews, I do like that move, even though Amari Cooper was super efficient last year without having a really a set quarterback with the Sean Watson out for some games. Yeah, great point. Um, I think it's hard to pass on Mark Andrews because even with the terrible receiving core that we've seen Baltimore have for a few years now, he's been Mr. Reliable in this offense besides Lamar. And here's the so, thing. You could give the Ravens some incredible receiver and Lamar Jackson is still going to look for Mark Andrews all the time. He just loves mm-hmm. that security blanket. Mm-hmm. And that's why it, it kind of hurts to see Zay Flowers go to the Ravens in a way because they have him in the depth chart is three. When in the draft, people were, were talking about this guy, about how he could have been like early first round. Yeah, And they expected him to be the first receiver to go off the table. And you see him go to a team like Baltimore, who's got an option to pass, but a lot of this passing workload's going straight to that guy. And I don't think it's going to be this year that they tears it up. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, excuse me. I think he'll be the first on the Ravens, yeah. clarify, but he will not be breaking any records this year, so to speak. Okay. Um, so... Uh, did you have any other questions or are we good to move no, to the next we're division? We're going to move on back to Tom over to the next division and then we'll do our start one bench one cup from there. Okay. We are moving into the AFC South. Just a quick refresher for all those listening. That's Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. I want to start off by giving Griffey a couple or a guy's stats and he's going to guess who this is. So 66.3% completions. 4,113 yards, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. What do you think of that stat line before you guess who that is? Um, first of all, I think it's pretty efficient, especially when you talk about um, touchdown to interception ratio. Um, I think I already know who it is right off the bat. Is this uh, Justin, excuse me, Trevor Lawrence? It is Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. If you couldn't get it, I was going to give you his rushing numbers. That would have given it away. Mm-hmm. This is just a guy who's been super efficient for them. Finally led them to the playoffs, and they had a decent run with a team that didn't even have what I consider their first receiver in Calvin Ridley. Yep. So as you can tell, we are both high on the Jaguars this season, and I was shocked to find out that their over-under is nine and a half. I think with the weak conference, they're going to smash this. Like at least 11 wins, in my opinion, maybe 12. If they go crazy and just destroy the division, they could get to 13 wins, honestly. They took a leap last year, and that leap's just going to get even greater this year, in my opinion. Do they really have them at nine and a half? Nine and a half. I thought it would be 10 and a half, maybe even 11. Okay, I'm going to take a look at their schedule because there's no reason in this type of a conference that they should be walking away without 10 wins minimum no i think that would be hugely disappointing especially just how i mean they didn't play amazing in the playoffs but man they just had a great regular season last year and showed flashes with that huge comeback in the postseason and i see some seasoned uh organizations in the schedule kansas city buffalo um, the Saints could be dangerous this year with Derek Carr. Um, San Francisco and Cincinnati. Aside yes. from that, I I don't see any reason why they don't win 10 games. No, with those teams you listed, they'll probably win one, maybe two of those. And then the rest of the schedule is just easy. I mean, you got the Panthers, the uh, Falcons, the Colts. Titans, Texans, it's just, it's not going to be that hard of a schedule, even with a couple of those top teams being in there. You got a lot of teams that are trying to find themselves. And it feels like after last season, I think the Jags have found themselves. You look at a team like Houston with CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson for the Colts. Um, At the very end of the year, they have Carolina with Bryce Young, which he could have developed by then but he's still a young quarterback in his rookie year. I think there's no reason they don't walk away with 10. Yeah. And I mean, Travis Etienne, great player. You got a uh, Doug Peterson at coach who just a really good coach, maybe not the best, but you know, he's going to do really well. Calvin Ridley. He's back. 
Christian Kirk's great. Zay Jones, great. Uh, Evan Ingram's even solid at tight end. And then on the defense, you've got all sorts of players like Devin Lloyd, Josh Allen, uh, Devon Hamilton, uh, Trayvon Walker. There's just playmakers all over the field. And that leap they took last year, I think, could have been way better if they didn't have a horrible start to the year. Yeah, I agree. You look at this receiving core, you see Christian Kirk, who was fantastic for them all last year. Um, Calvin Ridley's already calling himself the one. He's already him. Um, Zay Jones, who could fit in this perfectly. Evan Ingram, who I'd argue would be the third best tight end last season. Um, Granted, Darren Waller didn't really have the year he usually has. Yeah, uh, they were going through a lot in Las Vegas as well, on top of the injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to shout out Foisad Alawakun um, for the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. That guy was unbelievable for my fantasy defensive position <laughs> last year. Um, yeah, I just don't see a way this team loses more than six, seven times. Yeah, so that's a pretty easy over right there. And then it gets really hard. So I'm actually going to, before we move to the next team, I'm going to jump to a little blind rank for Griffey. I'm going to give him five teams that a couple are included in this division. So I wanted to throw it out there right now. So you're going to rank these teams one through five. I'm going to tell you a team, you put them in a slot where you think they belong. And just so you're aware, these are like middle of the pack AFC teams. So it's going to be tough. We're going to see how you do and how you feel about it once you've done it. And I'll be keeping track. So you just rank them and let me know. So once I lock them in, they can't move. Correct. Oh, geez. Okay. Let's get it started. So the first team I'm going to throw at you is the Baltimore Ravens. See, this is where I think you're going to get me. You're going to try and sneak one in there on me and have me take them at one. And I'm going to put them at two. Okay. So Ravens at two, and we are going to go to the Jaguars, who we just talked about. Jacksonville Jags. Oh. For the sake of this, I uh, unless I get the Chiefs or the Bengals. Or no, Bills this or is the middle of the like pack that, teams. They're going to number one. Okay. Well, the next one is going to surprise you then. Not in a horrible way, but I think you might regret a choice. I'm going with the Chargers. Uh, I got to put them at three then. I already went one and two. I just, oh no. If you could change, would you? Or do you like Jaguars, Ravens, Chargers as your top three? I would have switched and put the Chargers at one by a hair. I think by adding Quentin Williams, I think it puts him up. Um, Then I would go Jags to Baltimore three. Yep. I almost agree with you. I can talk about how I would have ranked these afterwards. And then I am going to throw the Broncos at you. Oh, I'm going to go five on this one. I don't like their team. I don't like what they've assembled, at least from last year. Players were getting into brawls on the sidelines because they couldn't figure it out, and there was so much frustration. I got to go with the Denver Broncos at five. Excellent call because I'm giving you the Cleveland Browns as your last team. Let's go. So for those listening, I think his list is solid. I might have moved the Chargers a little higher, but he had Jaguars 1, Ravens 2, Chargers 3, Browns 4, Broncos 5. Without knowing the list beforehand and just having to blind rank, I think you have to be happy with that result. Yeah, I thought it was going to be worse, um, especially hearing the Chargers afterwards. I thought I got played, but I can't be mad with that list. Um, definitely hearing it afterwards, Baltimore wouldn't have been as high as I thought, but 
the Chargers will get into later on. Where would you have disagreed? Yeah, so I would have gone Chargers, Ravens, Jaguars, Browns, Broncos. So fairly similar, just one little flip, and that would have been it. So overall, I think you did good. So let's go ahead and jump into the Tennessee Titans. What do you think about them? Their over-under is a measly seven and a half. Seven and a half. This is a team that has had the potential for a long time and it's and they've underachieved very much um not a lot of these guys stick out to me defensively um offense you got a workhorse and derrick henry obviously who might get you to seven on his own adding d hop i mean if you can find the right guy to get him the ball whether it's ryan Tannehill or malik willis or will levis whichever one you decide to go with you need to get DeAndre Hopkins the ball. I don't care which one it is. He needs the ball in his hands whenever you're going to pass. Not to mention, you got a great number two in Traylon Burks, who I think might have a great year. He reminds me of a young A.J. Brown. Um, obviously, you have to throw DeAndre Hopkins at your wide receiver one, though, and he needs the ball in his hands. Yeah. So I... Let me just give you some names. Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Kevin Bird, and Jeffrey Simmons. If I just told you those five names, you'd be like, wow, that must be an amazing team. But then you start getting into the tight end, which is Okonkwo, who's he's okay. The rest of the defense is okay. But I think seven and a half wins is so low that I might go over I need to think about this a little bit more. Why don't you tell me about their schedule real quick? Yeah, let's take a look here. Um, And then I'll make my final decision based off of what we're going to look like here. Because it's... it's This is clearly our hardest one so far. Uh, Do you want me to go one by one? No, just give me the hardest teams. Like three of the hardest teams. Chargers week two. Tough stretch right there. Chargers, Cleveland, Cincinnati, back to back to back. Oh. Colts, Ravens. Mm. A break for a little, then Jacksonville, Miami, Seattle, Jacksonville again. That explains the low number. And honestly, I think at some point they're going to want to put Malik Willis in there over uh, Brian Tannehill because they seem to want him to develop even though he was really bad last year and so I think I'm gonna have to go under I think I'm gonna have to follow as well I think this is the year that Tennessee finally tries to find something other than Brian Tannehill they've drafted two quarterbacks I think in the past two years um, Malik Willis got some ball share last year, didn't really do a lot, so they went back to Tannehill. This is the year I think they solidify who their captain is behind the wheel. And you're going to need a guy behind center who's got to control the ball, especially with these types of assets, or they're going to move. All right, so let's go ahead and move into the Colts, who are at six and a half wins over under. This is a little bit easier in my opinion. I have zero faith in the Colts this year. I think Anthony Richardson, who they just drafted at quarterback and is probably going to start, though they could give Gardner Minshew the go until Richardson is ready. I just think that he's such a project and the defense has lost a couple pieces. Wide receiver core isn't amazing other than Michael Pittman Jr. Their tight end core. I don't trust at all. Offensive line, really good. But I think that they're going to be under six and a half wins this year. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to pick a team like this at under six and a half, but I just don't know who else it would be. You got Gardner Minshew, who's steering the wheel a little bit. You got, I think Anthony Richardson will win that job over this year. It's just a matter of when they give him the reins. And you see Jonathan Taylor. They actually got Zach Moss, which should be okay to help Jonathan Taylor get a little workload off his back. But I just, Michael Pittman is great. No quarterback. 
I actually think Josh Downs and Alec Pierce are good, but no quarterback. And then it's just nothing on defense. On ESPN right now, I see one, two, three, four, five people questionable already on their defensive lineup. So this is going to be an easy under for me. Um, Somebody's got to do it. And this year, I think it's the Colts. Yep. Easily, and I don't think there's a whole lot to discuss there. If you're a huge Anthony Richardson fan, they're worth watching. Other than that, not a lot to cheer for. So I'm going to just skip ahead to the Texans, who are also at six and a half wins. I think they're a little bit more fun than the Colts. But again, I think C.J. Stroud's going to take a bit to develop. I like Damian Pierce a lot. Wide receiver core, nothing there. I mean, Nico Collins and Robert Woods are solid. Dalton Schultz is an okay tight end. Defense just doesn't have anything that I really like other than Will Anderson Jr., who's a beast. So I'm going to go again with an under, which is three unders for one division. I don't know how I feel about that other than I think the Jaguars are just going to dominate. So maybe it will be three unders and one over. Yeah, I can't agree more with your roster um, choices in depth. Looking at their schedule, it looks like they've got a tough workload ahead of them as well. I like C.J. Stroud. I like Damian Pierce. I like Robert Woods and Nico Collins. I like Will Anderson on defense, and I like Derek Stingley as well. This is just a team that's rebuilding flat out, and they've got a lot of young guys. I want to shout them out for one of probably the best draft arrangements um, with the cards they were dealt coming away with both CJ Stroud and Will Anderson Jr. I think these are pinpoints in both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I just don't think it's going to be immediate. Yeah. And again, same with the Colts, not a ton to talk about here. If you're a big CJ Stroud or Will Anderson guy, they'll be fun to watch. If not, you're probably not going to watch a lot of the Texans this year when you've got other choices around the NFL. So Griffey, let's go into your questions for this division real quick. Ooh, all right. Well, this is probably going to be very heavy on um, one team, but we're going to give it a go anyways. Um, yeah, we can blow through these at this point because this division is pretty weak. I already know who you're going to st- who you're going to start. So I want you to tell me who you would cut and who you would bench. Trevor Lawrence is going to be your starter. Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud. Okay. I expected Ryan Tannehill to be in there. I would have benched Ryan Tannehill. But out of those two options, which I think is more fun since they're the rookies, I would... I like Anthony Richardson, but I'm going to have to cut him and bench Stroud. I think Stroud's arm is a lot better. Richardson's uh, athleticism is off the charts, but how well is that going to translate to quarterback at the NFL level when he couldn't even really play quarterback in Florida? So, yeah, I'm going to go C.J. Stroud. A little bit of questions about his decision-making, given he had one of the worst scores on the Wonderlick test, which is basically a – evaluation of a quarterback's brain in a way that a lot of scouts value i don't know much about it but if scouts value it it's important so i'll bench stroud and cut richardson ready to be proved wrong on both of those hope they're good yeah and just to give more clarification on that test um that test is meant to decide uh, or to project your reaction and your decision making um, which is a huge part of being a quarterback. Um, I think Stroud's got some sides to him that we're going to see this year, especially because the difference between Anthony Richardson um, and CJ Stroud for me is I just feel like this team has built momentum through the offseason push. Um, Colts had a very deflating season last year and it's just kind of turned over this year um also the reason i didn't put ryan Tannehill in there is i think by the end of the year he's not going to be their starting quarterback yep Yep, that's a good Um, point 
So I decided to throw in both rookies there. Let's move to receivers. DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Michael Pittman Jr. Strictly no quarterbacks involved. Who are you picking? Yeah, I think this is one that we can blow through. You gave me Calvin Ridley. Um, Sorry, who are the other two? No, you're good. DeAndre Hopkins and and, um, MPJ. Okay, so I think I'll take Hopkins number one, even though last year was a little bit of a mess for him. And then Ridley, I'll bench, and I will cut Michael Pittman just because I didn't love what I saw from Pittman, and I know it wasn't all his fault, but I just don't think he has as much as the other two. Yeah, and no disrespect to Christian Kirk either. He was a workhorse for them last season. I just think if you remember Calvin Ridley a few years ago, I think it was two years ago when the Falcons had Julio and Calvin. Calvin was a cheat code. And if he's playing the way he's projecting himself to play, I think he's going to be their clear shot number one. And that's how they were viewing it last season before Kirk went off. So, um. And for running back, this I know this one's going to be a little bit of a toss-up for who's cut because you love your boy Damian Pierce. I want to see if you will go Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, or Damian Pierce. Okay, so you're giving me all four. I'm going to give you all four for this one. Hmm. Give me one second to think about this. So Damian Pierce... Derek Henry, Travis Etienne, and Jonathan Taylor. Yes. So I'm going to, I don't know, Jonathan Taylor's offseason has me questioning him, so I'll just stick with Derek Henry at my start. I'm going to bench Damian Pierce, and I am going to cut the other two, which is shocking because Jonathan Taylor is freaking amazing when he plays, but I don't know what's happening with him right now this offseason, and I don't know what his health concerns are or his contract concerns. But if we're going on talent, he would be my start, Henry, my bench, and the other two, my cut. See, and I'd kind of be the opposite. I don't think I can shy away from Derrick Henry at start for me, whether he's healthy, whether he's not. It's always been King Henry for me. Yeah. Um, His workload has just been unreal. He might slow down is my only concern. Yeah, I agree, especially with the quarterback questions. Um, I I think Jonathan Taylor might have fallen off. I think he put up an MVP-like year two years ago. Yeah, I think he's one of the most athletic players in the entire football league. I don't think he's going to be back to where everyone projects him to be. And if you remember, he was a fantasy bust last yep. year. So I just, for that reason, I'm going to cut JT. And I would have, would have probably gone with Damien Pierce as well. Okay. So let's jump into what I think is the least exciting division, just because there's two very clearly good playoff level teams and two very clearly going for draft pick teams, although you could say the Broncos are going to try to win. They just can't. So we'll start out the Chiefs. 11 and a half is their over-under. That's really hard because you never know how seriously the Chiefs are going to take the regular season. They kind of screwed around last year, losing to teams like the Colts out of nowhere. But I am going to go over and say that they get to 12 wins. Everyone knows the Chiefs. It's Mahomes. It's Kelsey. Whoa, Kelsey. And, I mean, the defense is always shows up in big moments, even though the names aren't amazing. I just think that they're going to get to 12 wins because Andy Reid is that good of a coach and Mahomes is that incredible of a quarterback. It's always Chief Nation for me. Um, if you don't know my background on why I cheer for the Chiefs, I'm not just a bandwagon. If you know me well enough, you'll understand why. If not, you're welcome to ask. But – you just can't shy away from Pat. You just can't shy away from him and that Kelsey connection, not to mention Chris Jones on the other side of the ball, who's an absolute 
truck on the other side. I think he's a workhorse. I think Pacheco and Kadarius Tony is going to have a sneaky year. Um, Jarek McKinnon and Pacheco splitting time last season was more than efficient enough for them. Um, Yeah, until they lose, you can't prove me that they're not going to win again. Yeah, I mean, not a lot to hit on them. Everyone knows how incredible they are. I know you love your Chiefs, so you'd love to talk about them forever, and we definitely will at one point because we know they're going to be winning games in the regular season. So we'll just let you guys use your imagination knowing that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are still on the same team. And we will jump to the Chargers, who are at nine and a half. And if you listened earlier, we're both pretty high on the Chargers. I think nine and a half is low. They'll probably have two straight losses to the Chiefs because for some reason they can't beat the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs are amazing, but so are the Chargers. So I think they're pretty easily a 10 or 11 win team. Yeah, and if I didn't go ahead and look at their schedule beforehand, I would have almost found that as an insult to them, to be completely honest. Um, This is a roster head-to-toe offensively and defensively that can – go the distance um whether or not they get it done is the real question and i think that's what justin herbert's main question is about his career at the moment um austin eckler is just a dog he's an absolute workhorse in routes and carrying the ball as well um keenan allen might be considered top five for me receiver wise in the nfl Mike Williams is a beast and you're not winning a jump ball against him. And Quentin Williams, I think is very underrated, especially after his uh, combine. Quentin a lot Johnston. of people thought, yeah, Quentin Johnson is a very athletic um, receiver who proved himself on TCU last season. Um, defensively, just to throw out a few, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James Jr. This is a team that is loaded on both sides. It's just a matter of if these are the right people that can get it done. Yep, and I think Joey Bosa has a lot to prove this year. I'm sure you saw the videos last year of him getting cussed out by fans at a 49ers game supporting his brother. So I think he's going to come out and prove a lot this year, and I think that's a pretty easy over, and you seem to agree. And I think it's a clear shot over for me. So I think we go to the Broncos, who – Let's ride, baby. Broncos, oh, eight and a half. <laughs> eight and a half over under. For me, I get that Sean Payton's a great coach. I don't know what happened to Russell Wilson, but the last two years, he's not even been close to what he is. The rest of the team is, the defense is good, but it's always hurt. It feels like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy just can't live up to what they're supposed to be. They don't really have a tight end. The offensive line is okay. I just think there's too many holes and too bad of vibes, honestly, just going back to last year. I mean, when your own team's fighting each other on the sideline because of frustration, that's never a good sign for a team, let alone a team that you just signed big contracts with and long-term contracts with, especially looking at the quarterback position. I mean, Russell Wilson was just atrocious. He was the head of every meme in the NFL last year. Yeah. You just didn't see the same guy that he was in Seattle, which I get it's he set the bar high, but that bar, that floor was set super, super low last season. Yep. Jerry Judy's got the potential to be great. Um I just realized they have P Ryan on yep. their depth chart, which is kind of interesting that the Bengals let him go. Um Javante Williams, questionable again. Who knows when he'll be back? He's a dog, but who knows Always when it's back. Yeah, I can't stay healthy. Let me shout out Marvin Mims Jr. real quick, Alabama receiver. That dude is good. I think yeah. if anything that could get them over their over-under, it's him just because he's just a freak. He can catch anything you throw at him. He's got great hands, and he's quick. Yeah, it's wide receiver you for me, and I totally understand. You got Jettas and Jamar. Out of LSU, yep. you got Ohio State, who's had some dudes the last couple of years. But I just – it's Alabama, and you can't go away from it. Jerry Judy's going to be fantastic. 
Yep. It's just when. And I think that my surprise here, at least it'll surprise a lot of people, is I think the Raiders are going to finish ahead of the Broncos in the standings. I know that no one loves uh, their coach McDaniels, but honestly, if you look at their roster, this is assuming they bring back Josh Jacobs, which might be out of the question now. But if they do, I think they definitely finish about the Broncos because Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not incredible, but we saw what he did in San Francisco. He wins games and his teammates love him. Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, Austin Hooper, uh, solid offensive line. And then one of the most underrated players in all of football, Max Crosby on the defensive line with Chandler Jones. Those two are going to cause a lot of havoc. And they got Marcus Peters, who really good cornerback getting up there in age now, but he's really good. And I think that they have just enough to squeak over that six and a half wins and I think they'll get to seven or eight. They're not a great team, but I think they're solid enough with Jimmy G and some of the other additions. I I don't know if you could have said it much better than that, to be honest. Um, For me, the Broncos, until you prove me otherwise, you're having the same year as last year. There wasn't really any roster changes. Um, you picked up Sean Payton's great. great. But... Yeah, Sean Payton's been a fantastic coach throughout his career. I just you can't shy away from Josh Jacobs, Devonte Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, Austin Hooper, that defense that you mentioned, Max Crosby and all them. I won't repeat it yeah. just because you already heard it, but you just can't shy away from that. I'm going higher on the Raiders than the Broncos. Okay. We agreed on all of those. That is surprising for us. Our football opinions are usually quite different. So why don't you just quickly run through those uh, position questions you got for me? Yeah, we'll hit them really quick here. It's kind of interesting to see what you're going to go with. Um, Mahomes or Herbert? Is that even a question to like ask? It's not, but I'll answer it, Mahomes. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's just a no question. Do you think Russell Wilson has a better year, though? Uh, I would have him last in this division. I would go Mahomes, Herbert, Garoppolo, Wilson. Just nothing from Wilson has showed me that he's ready to be at a high level this year. And I I don't think he has enough help either. I don't think he does. Wide receiver, tight end. Kelsey, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams. Yeah, so we're going to say this isn't a vacuum, so I'm going to go start Devontae Adams. And I'm going to go bench Travis Kelsey. And sadly, I'm going to cut Keenan Allen, who's incredible. Yeah, it's tough to say. I mentioned earlier, Keenan's probably top seven, top five for me in the NFL. <laughs> when you put him against Devontae Adams and Kelsey, he's not getting out of that. No, it's let's tough say, spot for him. Yeah, let's say assuming Josh Jacobs comes back. Josh Jacobs or Austin Eckler? I think Josh Jacobs got the benefit of the workload last year just because he had to do so much. He got all those yards. So I'm going to surprise people and go with Eckler and bench Jacobs. I love Jacobs, great player, but he doesn't do much for you in the receiving game. And I think a lot of his production was just a huge workload on a team that didn't have much else. Yeah, Eckler's versatile too, which is what I think I like about him. Josh Jacobs can be too. Um but Josh, I mean, Austin Eckler isn't going to rush for 3,000 yards or anything in a season. He's going to get you those receiving yards as well. He's going to do it on both sides. And if you play fantasy, he'll be your PPR king. So yep. I completely agree, and I'd go Eckler as well. Yep, so let's go ahead and move into the probably the most fun team, the AFC or the most fun division, the AFC East, where we're starting off with the Bills, who are potentially Super Bowl favorites, depending on how you view them, versus the Chiefs. And they're at 10.5 wins. Easy over for me. No run game, but probably the second-best passing game in the NFL and a top-10 defense. I think that's just a lock for the over. Um, Buffalo, it's just they're always going to be in the mix. 
They're always going to be right there. Josh Allen, I just, at what point do you get it done? At what point do you climb that mountain and get over that hump? It could be this year. I don't think it's going to be this year. I think they added a lot of pieces to the puzzle. You got great assets on both sides, but I just, it's the Chiefs. You can't, and I'm talking AFC champ, like championship here. Yeah, yeah. You, until they lose, you're not going to prove me that they're going to beat them until they do it. I think yeah. it's an over on the 10 and a half, but I'm waiting for Josh Allen to jump over that mountain. Okay, yeah, easy one there, Josh Allen. Depending on how you have him and Burrow, he's the second or third best quarterback in the NFL. Can do it all. His running game is incredible. He can just truck people even at the quarterback position. So they're an easy team to talk about. But we're going to jump to the Dolphins and Jets are in a tie. So I'll let you pick which one. Hmm. You want to just hit Aaron Rodgers? Go Dolphins. Oh, you want to go Dolphins. Okay, so they're at nine and a half. I just don't believe in them at all. I'm going to go under here, which seems low, but I think a nine and eight season is what I expect from them. And I don't trust Tua's health. I don't trust really anyone on that team's health. I just think there's injuries waiting to happen everywhere. They had some great additions, but one of those is already hurt in Jalen Ramsey. So I think for me, that's an under. Yeah, I I think this is a great team. Yeah. I'm not going to discredit any of them at all. I don't think Tua is going to do it. You're going to have to find a guy that's going to be able to stay healthy and not have to be carted off the field each game which condolences out to him. I know that's a yes. tough yeah. tough thing to struggle with, but are you really going to sit back and let Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle just kind of slip out of your fingers because you're not a, you're too afraid to go make a move? And there's no backup quarterback there. So I think you and I love the team on paper, just we're afraid of the injuries, which seem to be a constant thing with them and doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. So let's go to the Jets. A lot of people are excited for them this year with the addition of Aaron Rodgers. I know you like Aaron Rodgers, so let's hear it. I do. I grow up. Hello. I do. I grew up a Packers fan. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was my favorite player to watch in the NFL. I was super high on Aaron. I was super sad he left. Um, And the reason I liked him was for my grandpa, but because he was a big Packers fan as well. I Obviously, you heard switch teams um, for different reasons, but this is a team that I, I truly think could run away with the conference, but the division, they have a lot to prove. Or yes, they have a chance to win the division, but they have a lot to prove here. A lot of people are high on them, and that's what scares me. Remind me what the over-under was. Only nine and a half. I take them over nine and a half, but you're going to have to prove to me that you can beat the Bills. Yep, and because I went under on the Dolphins, I'm going to go over on the Jets. I just think those two things will balance out one way or the other. One will go over, one will go under. So I'll go Dolphins under, Jets over. And Aaron Rodgers, incredible player, not sure what happened last year. He was not himself, but it could have just been a bad situation in Green Bay. And I think he'll bounce back here with a chance with some good weapons. I mean, Garrett Wilson's one of the most underrated receivers in the whole NFL. I like Corey Davis and Alan Lazard. Uh, He's got Randall Cobb, who he's comfortable with. Offensive line, very shaky, never proven anything. I mean, Zach Wilson was under fire all year last year whenever he was in. But the defense has Quinn and Williams, C.J. Mosley, Sauce Gardner, uh, Adrian Amos. They just have enough pieces for me to believe that 10 wins is where they end up. Yeah, a big part of the um, issue with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers was he did not like their coach out there. 
Um, he let some guys go. He Aaron Rodgers demanded they have Randall Cobb back for him to even be on the team and play. Um, it was just a toxic situation. I think he's in a better situation now. I think this defense is actually lethal with yeah. C.J. Mosley, Quinnen Williams, Sauce Gardner. I question the young receiving core. Yeah, that's no fair. question about Garrett Wilson. I see Alan Lazard and Corey Davis and Michael Hardman, and it just screams speed. But he, Aaron Rodgers needs help on the line. And until you can prove to me that Vaughn Miller isn't going to rush in there 10 times and sack him in a game um, in the playoffs, I'm going to take the Bills over yep. the Jets. Yep, so I think we agree there. And uh, the Patriots are at seven and a half. The Patriots are a team who were good two years ago, really bad last year, just not sure what happened there. It was one of the worst coaching performances by Bill Belichick, and he's one of the best of all time, if not the best. So that was weird to see. Uh, I assume he's got it back under control, but I don't love the talent in New England. I mean, Mac Jones is solid, but not very good. Ramondre Stevenson is good. I like him a lot. Juju is good. Devontae Parker is solid. Not much wide receiver depth at all. Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki are good at tight end. Defense, not a lot of big names there, but you have dudes like Jabril Peppers, uh, Lawrence Guy, Jawan Bentley. So they have enough talent there to be a solid defense. I think they get to eight wins, so I'll go over, but it's like a barely over. I would not bet on this. And I'm going to flip and go the opposite. I'm going to go the under here. I just don't really have a whole lot of faith in this Patriots team. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be the guy. I could see Bailey Zappi even getting a few games here or there. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, I think, was very good last year. I think Juju was a big pickup now that he's got his swagger back, but I don't think that this team is going to go very far. I don't think they're going to be over that. Okay, so let's get into your position questions really quickly, and then we'll jump to our picks for the playoffs out of the AFC. Yes, so start one, bench one, cut one, quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. I mean, for me, it's super easy. People might disagree, but I think Josh Allen is like three tiers above Aaron Rodgers right now. I, I agree. I I don't think you can pass up Josh Allen. And then obviously Tua over Mac, but if we are factoring in health, I'll take Mac over Tua. Yeah. Wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, so you're going to have to give me Hill number one. Diggs had a little bit of a slowdown last year. Not sure what that was about, but... If I'm taking him in a vacuum, yeah, yeah, I'll still take Diggs two and Wilson three. Although I could very well see Wilson having a better year just due to being a wide receiver one, and Diggs having so many other options on the Bills. I probably would have gone Stephon after. Ah, uh, no, I can't. Tyreek Hill is too good, whether two is healthy or not. Yeah, gotta go Tyreek and Stephon. Um, Garrett Wilson, I think, is on the come up. Um, he's going to be a great receiver, whether it's this year with Aaron Rodgers, which is when I think it'll be. Now I want to throw one in there that might be more of a toss up, which I'm going to also include Garrett Wilson on Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Gabe Davis. Yeah, probably. I think I'm still going to go Waddle at number one, Wilson at two. And then uh, Gabe Davis at three. I like Gabe Davis, but pretty much all he does is the downfield. So, yeah, that would be my order. It's very reliant off deep balls for Gabe Davis. But I think I'm going to have to go Garrett Wilson here. I mean, I like Jalen Waddell. Um, I think he was fantastic. If it was last year with all of the quarterback troubles in New York, I would have gone Jalen Waddle without even questioning. 
I think Garrett Wilson had a great year last year. I think he doubles down this year with Aaron Rodgers. I think he turns it up a notch. Just want to thank everyone for listening. This is going to be a much longer podcast than we normally have because, man, if there's one thing Griffey and I love, it's football Sunday, just sitting down on the couch and watching football. So we had a lot to talk about. Really thankful for you guys sticking around to the end. Uh, Give us a follow. Give us a rating. Let us know your thoughts on everything. And, yeah, Griffey? Yeah, this was a much longer podcast than we anticipated. We were actually going to shorten it up a little bit. We just had too much fun this week, and we hope you guys did too. Uh, follow us on any social media platform. We appreciate each and every one of you who gives us a listen, If especially if you made it this far. Um, two guys trying to live a dream here, and we appreciate all of you. So see you guys next time.